0: I think there's a balance for all of it, and there should be ways to preserve the integrity and the heritage of what was there. Because if you go to Deep Deuce now, or you go to the yeah. Innovation District, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no way to even tell we were even there.
1: Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Studio Podcast.
0: This is Season 2,
1: Episode 11. In our last episode, we introduced you to Oklahoma City urban developer Jonathan Dodson, In our conversation, Jonathan shared about the challenges he faced in getting funding to revitalize the east side of Oklahoma City. At one time, the east side had been a social and economic center for African American life, but through gentrification and neglect, the area became a marginalized part of town. In 2016, Dodson's Pivot Project selected an abandoned strip mall on Northeast 23rd Street for what would ultimately become the East Point Project. The development at East Point gave activist and award-winning rapper J.B. Williams the opportunity to establish Eastside Pizza House alongside other black business owners in a thriving community atmosphere. Today, we have the honor of introducing you to J.B. himself. J.B. recently stopped by our studio in downtown Oklahoma City to share his story of preserving history and innovating new business models. To learn more about J.B., his music, and his innovative entrepreneurship, see the show notes of this episode. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and this is the Entrepreneur's Studio Podcast. We're here to help you run and grow a better business.
2: Well, hey, uh, JB, welcome to the Entrepreneur's Studio.
0: Thank you. Good to have you here, man. Thank you for having me.
2: We've heard a lot of really good things about you. You know, we ha- I had that conversation with Jonathan Dodson and he mentioned you, and, and the team was like, "We got to talk to this guy." Yeah, yeah. So glad to have you here. And um, you know, uh, we we're just sitting sitting down, get to know each other a little bit. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is, you know, you've led a successful music career, a successful business owner, and those all came from somewhere. And now they're intersecting. So maybe talk to me a little bit about how those things came to uh, the point in your life to being
0: what you what you're doing today right how do the how do those intersections happen? You know it's hard because a lot of times I don't even see it like that okay you know what I mean, but I've always been to music, you know, I started rapping like at seven, probably, but like you were saying earlier, like music kind of gave me the platform and yeah, and the um the i guess like it helped people know who I am, you know somewhat, but you know just with uh, business and everything i do it's just been kind of like a natural progression just as you know just as i grow as i get older and Mm -hmm. as i have interest in in different things and then also see the need and see where you know i can be of help in certain ways and so you know i just i try not to just do things just to do it Mm -hmm. you know so whether you know even with music like Everything I do is intentional every every song, every theme is intentional. I don't write a song or or record a song that I don't intend to use for something. you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying you know before I did, you know, I just you know I always had raps in it, but now like everything's intentional, so the same is true with with business you know uh everything is intentional, and everything needs to have a purpose and a place and so you know, how it all, you know, came together and all happened, you know, I, I think the best way that I can explain it is, is that as I grow and as I grew, you know, I just either saw the need somewhere mm-hmm. or, you know, I recognized like, this is something that, that I really want to do. And I, I had a, I grew a passion for over mm-hmm. time. mm mm-hmm.
2: So recognizing a need and doing something about it, right? Those are things that happen often for people. They don't often happen at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that really, that I'm going to say spirit of action that seems to be so clear with you. What, Where, where did this thing come from? Where was it like, I'm going to not only see a need, because you got to be paying attention mm-hmm. to people, to situations, to communities, right? You got to be able to see the need. So there's something was was a spark for you there, and then the sort of spirit of action to do something about it, right? How, where where did those initial sparks come from for you?
0: I think just from coming where I come from, from not having nothing growing up and um, being one of those people who are in the, yeah. like even with music, you know, wanting to tell my story and wanting to tell the story of people whose voices don't get heard mm-hmm. oftentimes. And, you know, wanting to connect with people in that way. And the same with business is like, you know, or or things that I see where that I can, you know, jump in and help. It's like oftentimes I've been on the other side and so I know what it's like. And so like that's where it comes from is that, you know, I come from a place where we we never had have, have had anything. And I come from a place where anything we did have we had to like scratch and scrape and struggle Mm -hmm. to get it and so i know what it's like to you know to uh need those resources or need these things so because i've been on the other side then if i can in any way you know be someone to help or provide a resource or whatever in some way then i feel like that's part of my responsibility you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. I remember whenever I first started this thing I do called gift wraps and it's like a it's a, a Christmas, you know, give back event, like a mm-hmm, charity mm-hmm. event and we um and we partner with a, a local nonprofit, you know, to to raise money, to get food, to get clothes and and you know, turkeys and things like that during Christmas time and like and that came from that, I like just like me doing that came from, you know, being a kid where you know, oftentimes, most times, Christmas time is like a like a happy time for most yeah. people. Yeah. But I come from a place where Christmas time was a stressful time. You know oh, what man. I'm saying? And that was like the hardest time for not just not just our family, but just to be living in the neighborhood we live in, because as mm-hmm. people start breaking in your house. You know, that's when people start, you know, breaking in your cars and kicking your doors in and stuff like that. You know, because everybody is going through the same thing and needing and wanting things and not having nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so, we've been that family before, where we stand in line for the turkey baskets and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, it's what I'm trying to say is, is my experiences in life and the things I've dealt with in life, oftentimes. Help me to pay attention and see those things. That's good. And whatever small role I play, you know, or whatever small position I have, you know, I can do something to help and, you know, be there for people who I know need those things. And it just comes from going through it myself most times.
2: Yeah, so experience, your personal Mm -hmm. experience is what created that sense of empathy. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't end up there. Yeah. Right? That personal experience ends up being. Vendettas, revenge, you know, I'm going to take what's mine, but mm-hmm. you turned it into how do I, how do I give back? How mm-hmm. do I help? Right. Mm-hmm. That, that means that, that means something that doesn't just happen naturally. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not something that happens naturally. I wonder, you know, just kind of harkening back to, you, you know, you being an artist and then not only just being an artist and, and for the expression of it probably, but to being award-winning, what was that sort of, What did that feel like for you to go from, I'm doing this, now I'm being recognized for doing
0: this work, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a a really good feeling for, it's a really good feeling to get recognized, you know? And you got to understand, like for me, growing up, I was never the kid who got awards. Mm -hmm. I was never the kid who stood out. I was never the kid who, you know what I'm saying? Like I was never, you know, so, so to have that, it definitely like it feels good. You know what I mean. Like it feels good in your spirit, and mm-hmm. um, it's a different feeling. But but at the same time, like you know, it's it's you feel blessed because you know it's something that that nobody can take from you. Mm-hmm. And people can hate and, and and talk and say whatever, but still, you know, like no matter what they say, like you you still like you know have done something that Mm. that um is profound and in whatever way it is you know and so that's you know there's a responsibility in that too i guess but um but yeah it feels good and i think that you know i always think of things like what will it mean like when i'm not here you know what Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and so you know i think like that's something that you know they can put in my obituary you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you know that's an accomplishment that not everybody receives, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so, so yeah, I just, you know, like I said, it's a blessing and I appreciate it, but you know, now there's there's also some responsibility that comes comes with that, so. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's true. And there's something you can do with that platform, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, no doubt. No matter where I go, swear I'm always coming home to the east side. I learned how to do the most, should yeah, they tell me all I know on the east side.
2: Talk to us a little bit about these sides where you grew up, mm-hmm. but it's also where you, you live today, Yeah, right? So talk to us a little bit about, you know, you're doing everything with intention today, right? You've been a musician, artist, I'd say community activist, and you're doing something specifically in the community right now that is like, I'm making an anchor point as a business owner, not just a name or something that that someone that people know that happens to be famous, Mm -hmm. right? So talk to us about, a little bit about the story, because I don't know if everybody knows the story of the east side of OKC. So maybe just give us a little bit of like, here's some background and here's why I chose business as an anchor point.
0: Okay, Um, so the east side of Oklahoma City is predominantly the largest population of black people in Oklahoma City, In the past, you know, you know how they like uh, Greenwood has had Black Wall Street and, you know, well, um, we also have we also had thriving districts and businesses. And one of the cool things about ours is a big part of our foundation on the east side was the uh, music. Charlie Christian, Jimmy Rushing, like, you know, Deep Deuce was known for it's jazz and it's blues, you know, mm-hmm. people came from all over the country to play there, to see shows there. Dr. Schlaughter um had a business in Deep Deuce. He was the first black doctor in Oklahoma and he was on the east side. He delivered Ralph Ellison. Wow. Um and, you know, he used his, his business, the building that his business was in, uh, because, you know, and he used he used the the, the rooftop of it for like proms and stuff like that because those black kids at Douglas weren't able, weren't allowed to like rent out spaces for proms, oh, wow. So they would have, which was probably way better to have your oh, prom yeah. on, the, on rooftop. the rooftop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and things like that. So, you know, you have, you know, I said, Charlie Christian, Jimmy Russian, you have Ralph Ellison, you know, you have, of course, Clara Luper, Luper, you have Ada Louise Cipio, uh Fisher, you have all these... Uh you have uh Roscoe Dungey, all these people who are throughout history like like really thriving and doing things, uh big things in the community, you know. Uh so you have Deep Deuce, which is, you know, like I said, it was a just a a booming district for black people. There mm-hmm. was a theater there called the Aldrich Theater. And it was a not just a staple in Oklahoma City, but a staple in this region for mm-hmm. for for shows, you know. And then you, you had you had Fourth Street, you know, and Fourth Street had its had its own, um, you know, it was its own like thriving it had businesses over there. Like people go to people like Florences, right on Twenty Third Street. Mm-hmm. It, it the original Florences was on Fourth Street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, okay, and. Um, You know, and then you have, you know, of course, 23rd Street and 23rd Street was like a hub for like, you know, up and coming businesses and salons and all these barbershops. When you start getting into like the 60s and 70s and and 80s, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have, you know, Roscoe Dungy, who started the first black newspaper in Oklahoma City called the Black Dispatch. And, you know, he used he used the funds that were uh, from his newspaper, you know, part of the reason he started the newspaper was to help the community whenever they went to jail for like being out past a certain time oh, or wow. if, you know, it was it was illegal for black people to, to cross a certain street. I believe it was uh, 7th Street, you couldn't, you know what I'm saying? So if somebody went to jail for being out late or, you know, crossing a certain street, then Roscoe Dungy, you know, was using money that he made from his newspaper to go and get those people out of jail. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the history of the East Side and just black people in, in Oklahoma City is very, very deep, you know, as you, you know, as you um and then we could, you know, just of course, you know, Calvary Baptist Church and uh Miss Miss Claire Looper and the NAACP Youth Council and, you know, walking from from Calvary in Deep Deuce on the East Side, walking from there to to cats downtown, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, marching from there, and then you have the um, the sanitation strikes and all that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like, there's so much history and so much, so much that was put into, so, the the footprint of black people is so big in this city so it's it's you know that's a responsibility that you know i have as well is not to squander all of the the work that people put in so that you know i can own the business mm-hmm. one day and i you know i'm saying i can't do all these things and so and so part of that is making sure that i look out for other people as well and making sure that i'm not just out here trying to be the best rapper and and you know look the coolest or make the mo- the most money but, like, you know, really, like, be intentional with people and, you know, help change people's lives mm-hmm, in a way, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So. Well, what made you pick business? And um, what made you pick pizza? A couple things. So, whenever I first wanted to do a business, because I, like like I said before, everything kind of started with music, I was thinking, you know, I could do a a dope like hip hop shop and have a space where, you know, all these young rappers could come in and perform, sell their music, have a studio, record all mm-hmm. these things, you know. And so I remember, you know, when I was graduating high school, someone told me like, if you wanna do something good, get around people who already do it and who can do and do it great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so whenever, you know, I'm thinking about this hip hop shop. You know, and being like just this dope like hip hop mecca in the middle of OKC on the yeah, east side. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, now I gotta go, I gotta get with somebody who's already doing it. And so Dotson and I, we flew to to Minneapolis. There is a there's a hip hop shop out there called Fifth Element and it's ran by a record label uh Rhyme Sayers and so i was friends i'm friends with one of the guys on the label so he he set it up so we can sit down and meet with them mm-hmm. and so you know i'm like you know you do you you doing this the best you like you my like my favorite record store hip-hop shop in the country like i want to do what you do in oklahoma city and he was like you know well shoot man like to be honest like we're probably gonna be going strictly online, you know the music music is different and now than it used to be, and you know, and you're in Oklahoma, you know what I'm saying yeah. that's not the mecca of hip hop at all, you yeah, know yeah, he, and so I was like, "dang, you know, but he was like, you know if you do something like you know I'll be glad to help, I'll be glad to you know if my artists are on tour, I'll be glad to try to get them to come through this, yeah. this and that, and so I came back kind of still thinking I was gonna do it, but Kind of understanding, like this is gonna be a bigger there might be challenge some yeah. than I than I thought. So you know, I'm just trying to figure that out. And so in the meantime, and in between time, <laughs> the grocery store on MLK closes down, and I'm in the community, and you know, I'm hearing and seeing all these things, and you know, you know, pastors and different churches are arranging buses to take people to the grocery store and you know we're giving rides to people to you know get food and you know what i'm saying like we're trying to figure out bus routes for people to get food and all this wild stuff and everybody's saying you know they done took our store and they closed the store and they and i'm just i keep the day and them and they and them, and i'm just like man who is day you know what i'm saying i'm yeah. like i you know like nah you know and i was like us is is it needs to be us you know and so right then is when i decided i wanted to do food and i didn't like the stories and what was being said like the east side is a food desert and that's wrong because if we think about what a desert really is a real desert is made by god Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's natural you know what i'm saying like it's a creation of god Mm -hmm. you know what i mean what we're dealing with was created by man mm-hmm. the the resources on the east side not having food not having what we need you know what i'm saying the conditions of the east side weren't created by god mm-hmm. they were they were created intentionally by man mm-hmm. that's not a food desert that's a food apartheid mm-hmm. and so part of me understanding that was like okay i have to like be part of Re- reversing this this narrative and reversing this train of thought where especially those of us who live on the east side feel like we have to depend on other people who don't come to the east side who don't who have never been a part of our community to make decisions for us mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and and then that that specifically came from being in a city council meeting, a small close meeting. Dodson was there. Um, this is back whenever, whenever Councilman Pettis was uh, on the city council, and we are, we are talking to the city council about getting the city's help mm-hmm. with East Point and making sure that this is something that the East Side can really benefit from. And you know what I'm saying? and yeah. You know, really getting the city to buy into it. And I'm sitting there, and there's me, Pettis, and I think one or two, I, mean, I think Sandino, and maybe Q, and everybody else in the room is white. And I'm they're sitting there having a convers. These people are sitting there in front of us, having a conversation of whether or not the East Side should have help, or whether or not this is a good idea. <laughs> and it messed me up. Man. Like it, I was just like, yeah, I was what like, is happening. Yeah, because they can't tell you anything about it. They never go over there. They don't know anybody over there. They don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. imagine, imagine me coming to your house and telling you how to raise your kids. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: And see, now, I just pause you real quick. That is a to me. That is like the value system that you just talked about about where everything came from was personal experience creating empathy, mm-hmm. and you're watching people doing the exact opposite. Yeah, no doubt. So and I can see how that would. Yeah. You. So
0: that's when I was like, okay, well, never again. I don't i don't want to feel like that ever again so i want to make sure that i'm at every table i want to make sure that voices of people who who often don't get heard are being heard because yeah. for them to have to to have a conversation about that is wild. because to me it just makes sense it's too much like right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so that point was when i when i was like okay i gotta do some type of food East side, just trying to find a vibe remember days i was trying to find Job,
2: well, that's something that I thought was uh, really interesting, you know, is you're talking about the need for food and this physical location, how much this grocery store and this physical location was disruptive when it closed. Yeah. Right? And then so you decided, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do food and I'm going to you know, be an anchor in the community. But the thing that I thought was really interesting, something I, I read that you had said was how similar the music industry was to real estate development real estate developers. I just wanted to ask you about that and be like, what What are the correlations there that you're like, oh man, this is so clear. Here's how the music industry runs and here's how real estate development runs. Maybe as a leadership level is what you're,
0: yeah, you're talking about. Um, I was just, I was thinking like, in terms of like, when you, especially with, with hip hop music, the people who make decisions don't come from the culture of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the person the person who's telling a rapper, whether he's good or not, isn't a rapper. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The person who's who's deciding what song should be the first single doesn't make hip hop songs. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know what I mean? And so that's what I meant is like, you know, when it comes to like real estate and development, oftentimes it's not somebody who's embedded in that community it's uh it's it's a um opportunity mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and not that that's you know not that that's a bad thing but i think that it's important that you know like if it was rap or the music industry it's important if you're the person who has the money or the resources or resource or the record label record label and you have to make a decision on what's released or what sounds good it's important to involve people who live and participate in that culture every single day and would likely consume the music and who will likely consume yeah. the music so the same thing is true with real estate and development It's like you know if you're the person who has the resources or the money or you bought the house or you own the building or the property and it's in a community it's important that mm-hmm. you know you involve the people, or you do things with the community in mind. Somebody told me one time, "What you do for us, without us, you do to us." Mm-hmm. And when I think about, especially real estate and development, a lot of times because people have done it before and they're good at it over here in this area, or they're good at it in you know and whatever, then the idea. Is that it's good? It'll be good here too, cause it worked over here. So it's what's going. This is what y'all need. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, all you need is a you know a brewery and your you know what I'm saying or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or, but what people fail to realize is like if you're deciding for me what's best for me, then you aren't doing you know something for me. You're doing something to me. Yeah. And what I try to explain. This is what I told Dodson, is that. Whenever you go into those situations and you're dealing with black people, especially you're dealing with black people who come from the type of situations and trauma that the ESOC community has experienced, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was segregation, whether it was lack of resources, whether it was over policing, whether it was building a highway through deep dues, whether it was gentrification, whether it, you know what I'm saying, all the things Mm -hmm. that, you know, we can, we can name over the years. You have to understand that those are things that people are going to always, their response to whatever you're doing is going to be based on those experiences. Mm -hmm. And for black people, and I, and I always, um, I, I always say this because it's, it's, I feel it's true, but I have to be careful who I say it to because it's like, ah, here you go. But I feel it's true, so I'ma say it. Yeah, go for it. For black people in America, since we were brought to this country, we have been told where to go to school, where to worship, Mm -hmm. how to raise our kids, where to eat, where we could live, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like everything, you know what I'm saying? So you have to understand that's the type of generational trauma that you're dealing with, whenever you're just going, oh man, put a brewery here, and you know all oh, we gotta do is not down this house and put the, you know, what I'm saying like, people are dealing with you know displacement and all these things, like all those, you know, it might just seem like the progression of a city to somebody, yeah, uh, or development to somebody, but for other people, it's trauma. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I think that you know whenever whenever I think about you know the the parallels are like music and, and and I was probably talking more so about rap music but you know all music you know what I'm saying like I could tell you what country songs I like you know what I'm saying which yeah. ones I like and why I like them but I'm not an expert on country music I can't tell you you know what I'm saying like don't like I would be ignorant to say like this is a good country song this is a bad one or this mm-hmm. person you know what I'm saying like I don't have enough knowledge in country music mm-hmm. to have an opinion like that but i know what i like and i can say man i like this song because of the way it's written i like this song and you might be like bro that's the worst country song in the world nobody likes that song <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i think you know oftentimes like we are because we feel like well i'm going back to developers and real estate because we feel like well you know on this side of town this is what helped and this is what made you know this this town pop right and, you know, and, and what I would say is, is like, yeah, but over here, this community is, doesn't need that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and the only way to know is to involve that community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if they say, yeah, that's what we've been wanting. Like, you, that was great. Like, we've been wanting a Starbucks or so we've been wanting a, uh, you know, a brewery over here or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm being stereotypical about justification. But,
2: but. I'm picking
0: up on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But. At the, but at the same time like if they if they don't then you got to listen and be like okay you know either how can we compromise or you know what is it that you do want because if I'm if if I'm truly not and this is what people on the east side are really concerned about the most if I'm truly not building this for you then I'm building it for somebody else. And so that's what people on the east side are really concerned about the most because, you know, we're like, well, this is
2: our home. This yeah. is where we live. And we yeah. and,
0: and we asked for, we asked for sidewalks and streetlights fifteen years ago. You know what I'm saying? We asked for, you know, restaurants. Fifty. We asked for all these things fifteen years ago. And now that you know, say like, there's white families coming over here. Then we we now we got sidewalks. Now that mm-hmm. there's more streetlights. You know, and it's like, well, who are you building it for? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it for us? Or is it for the, the, the family moving from, you know, I don't know. The suburbs. Yeah, the yeah. suburbs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you see it and you hear it. Just like now, people don't even refer to the east side of as the east side. It's like... Oh, it's I you know, like growing up I've always said the east side, but now people who I can tell if you just move to the east side, because if I say i I live on the east side, they go, oh, east of downtown, I live east of downtown too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. like it's not even the east side, it's east of downtown. It's how you get to you move there so you can get to Thunder Games quicker. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, but all those things, um, I think there's a balance for all of it. But I think that there has to be, not has to be, there should be. Within that balance, there should be conversations, and there should be um, ways to preserve the con- integrity and the heritage of what was there. Because if you go to Deep Deuce now, or you go to the yeah. Innovation District, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no way to even tell we were even there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's no way to know we were ever even there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that, was, that was all black There isn't one black business down there now. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to tell that we were ever even, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we built it or, you know, it looks the way it does because of us. You know what I'm saying? But part of that is the reason why I built out Eastside Pizza House on the inside the way I did was because, like, I don't know what that street's gonna look like in five or 10 years. But I do know when you come inside Eastside Pizza House, you're gonna see the history and the heritage. Of Eastside Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, which is,
2: I'd say a theme for you is preservation, mm-hmm. right? Leg- the legacy, the preservation of key stories, I'd say inclusion, and in the fact of like making sure the community has a voice. Mm-hmm. And so that's showing up in your business. And at the same time, I'd say a tactical thing to make that happen is collaboration, mm-hmm. right? And I think that you've, personified or embodied that for sure with collaborations. Talk to us about some of the collaborations where it's like you you mentioned brewery a couple times Mm -hmm. and you don't sell alcohol Mm -hmm. at your pizza shop because Mm of why?
0: Because there are other businesses around us who do Yeah, and so you know i just want to make sure that there's room and space for everybody you know and they what they their business is alcohol you know what i mean yeah i would rather people get our pizza and then go chill over there at the bar and have a drink you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah that i mean and that's and that's important you know um and I, i've like one of my one of my recent collaborations was with uh boomtown creamery and we did a uh ice cream collaboration And even with that, it was like, how can I help another local business? How can I, you know, we're both on 23rd street and really for her, like she, she recognized it too, because she was like, she does all these different flavors and she was going to do a black ice cream, but she was like, well, you know, it's the same ingredient for the black ice cream as for the black pizza. And so, um, so she was like, why don't I just collaborate with J B, you know what I'm saying? And so she hit me up and we collaborated together for the black ice cream. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So instead of just doing it and, you know, and she has this one cool thing that's black and it's like, well, he's do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. Cause she Because she had, connected that dot on yeah, purpose. Yeah, she connected it on purpose, you know. And so that's you know, like that's part of it is like is like seeing those things and seeing those ways that we can add on to what the next person is doing yeah. and not feel like you know, I gotta be the only one, or, or not feel like if I do this, then it might make what I'm doing look small. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just wanna really trust my brother. One hand and make a deal and take a swing with the other. I wanted more money and the problems. Problem solved, never get the law involved, yeah. But something that I'm curious about is just in business, what's, what's been the thing that surprised you the most? I'll say just, just you know, having the restaurant, and I'm working on my second one right now. We're going, I'm doing a, a breakfast a brunch concept on the East, but I think it just was really humbling to realize, like, you know, I it, like I gotta be, I gotta do more than just be cool to get people to come in here. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? And, uh, <laughs> and so you know, like, there's there's a there's a whole lot of work that goes into it, and just like. um you know i remember like just the small amount of acting that i did do or I, ha- or I have done it gave me a lot of respect for the people who do it because it's not it's not easy it's hard you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and there are people who just think like you know all, all i gotta do is look good and i'm a i'm a great actor all i gotta you know what i'm saying like everybody likes me so i'll be great at acting and i'm trying i'll try to tell them like bro it's not that easy <laughs> and so you know, I had that same same humbling experience with um, going to the restaurant business. Whenever all my friends who who have restaurants were going, listen, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, and um, I realized, like, yeah, this is it's it's not easy, and it was it was humbling. And you know, I couldn't just walk in it and, and think, man, I'm JB, so this is about to be cracking because people like me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or everybody know who I am, so they are gonna pull up. It's not it's not like that. Well, I think some people probably have uh, you've experienced people
2: that are like, I'm gonna be the best rapper. And yeah, like, no doubt. You don't even know. <laughs> yeah,
0: you don't even know. Like, yeah, it's 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 not like that at all. <laughs> that's good. Well, you talked about a couple of the
2: the things that are next. What's um, what's maybe something that's down the road that you're like. I really want to do. I want to do this, and here's why. Like, what's what's unfinished business that you have for the future that you're looking to tackle?
0: Man, I don't know about unfinished business. I know I'm I'm starting something, another thing. I'm starting a a violence interruption program. We'll probably we'll probably be launching in July, and um, what that is is um, it's a program to you know help, and it will start. We're going to start in on the east side in Ward Seven, but It's something that, you know, I've always kind of had in the back of my mind. And then it's also something that I've kind of already been doing in some ways and and something that a lot of people do. They just don't, they just aren't, it isn't their job. They don't get paid to do it. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's just who they are, you know? And so, um, you know, we'll be providing uh, services for people. We will be partnering with other programs around the city, but violence interruption is whenever you say it, people always think like, you know, you about to go and jump in front of people with guns and be like, don't shoot each other, y'all. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, let's make peace. Like, that's not what it is. It's that because it's you have to have a certain role in the community to do this. But say like when my brother get got shot, right? Mm-hmm. And then if all my family knows who did it and knows you know what I'm saying? And, and then we want to retaliate then me as a as a violence interrupter will meet the family at the hospital you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. you know and um figure out ways um that i can be of service for this family so that they don't want to go out and retaliate so it doesn't perpetuate the yeah. cycle that's really good and so um instead so of the
2: moment of violence you're yeah. trying to break the cycle of violence right and and interrupt that cycle yeah that's and, cool. there's,
0: and it looks there's different you know what i'm saying different scenarios obviously yeah, yeah. but but you know it you know it, it it'll look different depending on you know what the situation is but part of what the goal is is to reduce the homicides in oklahoma city reduce the the gun violence and then help to provide resources for those people who are caught up in the, in those uh, situations. Mm-hmm. So,
2: you think you're getting this maybe the I don't know, municipal or government support for that or is it something you guys are just going to be doing on your own? Um
0: it's going to start on our own. It's going to take, you know, buy-in from the city to yeah. to sustain it. But we we are already I'm already having those conversations okay. right now, you know, a part of part of the 21 CP recommendation that the city got has recommendations for a program like the one that that i'm starting you know and i've met i've you know i've i've just started a um i'll be having monthly meetings with our police chief you know i'll be having monthly meetings with our da um i've already met with the city manager and the mayor you know of course you know i'm in constant communication with councilwoman nice mm-hmm. um councilman um, cooper and councilwoman um joe beth hammond so Everybody I just named, you know, has expressed, you know, support. You know, I don't think anybody, I think if you ask anybody in the city who, who has to, you know, who's, who deals with this on any level, they would say, yeah, we want to do all we can to reduce violence in Oklahoma City. You know what I'm saying? So I think for me, moving forward, it's just to, it's going to be taking this, this pilot program and um, really creating a great, and sustainable network, but also showing that it can be successful and um, and just you know you know having those partnerships that are willing to you know help and then also getting those those key people behind the work yeah. as well. So yeah.
2: well I think a true testament to your care and concern for people to go from entertaining them to helping to provide Having some sort of entrepreneurial impetus behind it, you know, business being able to, to make money.
0: Yeah, and can then I say to, one thing about that too. Yeah, go, go for it. Uh, and part of the, the business, you know, ownership and stuff is it, it's just important for kids to see people like them, you know, who own stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, my, we never even owned our house growing up, you know what I'm saying? So, like, so for me to have ownership in something is, is wild, you know what I mean? So, you know, I know for me to meet somebody who's young, looks like me, and they say, yeah, I own this right here. that I'm like, dang. Okay. So that means like I can own something. I can do that too. You know what I mean? So, so that's also part of it. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's powerful.
2: I think to go from entertaining people to being a role model like that in business, and then as well, uh, designing programs that really help the community and wrapping it all and being connected to the co- community with collaborations. It just, it goes to show what you started this whole conversation with is being intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's really hard to brag on being intentional. You just do it. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, a really powerful tone sentiment that I've picked up from your story and how, why people listen to you is because of that stuff. It's the desire to help is so apparent and the desire to do something is so apparent and i think that i think that it's just it's really meaningful to have people like you on this show for others to see like i can do something and it matter Mm -hmm. not just for a financial outcome i can i can do something and and it can change the community i can do something and it will affect people i can do something that matters to me that it uh, bonds with my value system that can change something about the world it doesn't have to be change the whole world yeah (laughs) you know what i mean the thing i love about your story is this thing like i care about the east side i care about this community and some people just they quit if it's not going to be big enough Mm -hmm. for them yeah and i think it's really powerful and i just i love the fact that you said yes to come and have this conversation and i just I, i loved sitting here talking with you and hearing about it i'm inspired I definitely want to go have some. I mean, is it called black crust? Like
0: that is the pizza? Because yeah. I haven't had this before. Yes, yeah, uh, we, we, I, we, we always. I tell my all, everybody works. I say, somebody asked what's in the crust. Just tell them it's melanin. But um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that. it's black. But we also have you know regular crust but people who use to get the regular crust they end up you know trying the black and then they end up with the black all the time Man, so and then awesome. we also have cauliflower crust too for you know people who you know don't like the the carbs or the um the uh gluten, the gluten. so
2: well jb i really appreciate you coming i do have some rapid fire questions i'd like to ask you okay if you're open to it all right what's the most unrealistic pizza combination you've ever made
0: unrealistic probably pineapple and barbecue sauce okay yeah that's it didn't yeah. fly yeah well it wasn't mine like we did a collaboration with um somebody and we let them pick the ingredients and that's what they picked that's <laughs> it like it's a no-go I was, yeah i wouldn't mess. they with probably it. hate it yeah. <laughs> yeah what's your favorite restaurant besides east side pizza house in oklahoma city anywhere okay i'm gonna just pick i'm gonna stick with oklahoma city i gotta pick one you can say two. Okay, right now, you know, I have really been killing Frida. Get yeah. there last night. What Man. do you get? What do you get? Tuna tartare I I'll get. I'll order two tuna tartare Just uh-huh. eat those with a fork. But I like I like everything on the menu. I've tried it all. That sea bass stuff. Sea bass the is salmon. fire. Yeah. And then probably black walnut. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's that smoky old fashions. Pretty Man, cool. he
0: makes the best Isn't old it? fashions, yo
2: Yeah yeah that's good stuff all right well which historical figure from the east
0: side has impacted you the most clara looper yeah yeah roscoe dungy you know he was revolutionary and it really you know has been inspiring me a lot more recently but clara looper because i actually knew her a lot of people in my family you know where she taught my dad um uh, her, our families are friends, you know my aunt Gwen was one of the original citizens. you know what I'm saying uh, Her ways and her philosophies have been passed down to me, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and she was a hero to me just as a young kid mm-hmm. like um, growing up you know so probably probably her you know she um, she is the she is the east Side, you know what I mean she is education in Oklahoma City and um i think that you know her understanding having the 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 sit-ins being be led by children i think was really more genius than people really understand or talk about because what she understood was what it would look like to see adults like mistreating kids you know what i'm saying it's different whenever you got whenever you got adults you know two grown people going back and forth or you got an, you know an adult sitting there somebody being rude to him or you know spitting on him or something like that that's an adult when you have a nine-year-old sitting there and a grown person mistreating somebody's child it don't matter what color you are yeah you know what i'm saying like you you're gonna feel something when you see that and so the fact that she understood that i think was genius man that's awesome but well, what's one lesson that every entrepreneur needs to learn? A lesson is, you know, I think you gotta always be dependable and be prepared. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who'd play JB in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, so whenever, whenever we were doing, whenever we were doing all this Julius Jones work, and we did the walk to McAllister and like the the day of the execution, and you know whenever we got back and we were just like decompressing you know over how crazy that day was we were talking about like man this is this is like gonna be a crazy movie because the BBC actually came and did a documentary and followed us oh, around wow. for months Then it'll be out hopefully one day soon but we were like who and like and who would play JB and I was thinking oh man somebody oh, said uh have you seen the NWA movie oh yeah the dude who played Easy E oh no. <laughs> They were like he would be he would so I, great. yeah so I don't know <laughs> that's funny I like to think of myself as a Michael B. Jordan yeah but, there you go but, but I'm cool with him that dude right. would play Easy too <laughs> that's good
2: all right who is your favorite hip hop artist to listen to while you cook
0: oh that's probably um, anybody from Wu Tang okay. either anybody from Wu Tang or Pac or Nas but usually I could just put on my Wu Tang playlist and because there's nine members i got nine different artists with all their different albums and i got all the wu-tang albums so like you know it's never repetitive so usually my wu-tang all right hey well i just i just
2: appreciate you coming down and having the conversation with us it it meant a lot to me Mm -hmm. uh meant a lot to us you know for for you to to say yeah and just appreciate you coming appreciate your story and
0: uh we'll do our best to keep giving you a microphone to tell it thank you i appreciate the time and um And just thank you because, you know, you don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get just be on here and talk and, you know, talk about my things and what I do. But you don't have to, you know what I'm saying, care. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to care enough to be like, man, let's... You know what I mean? So I just, I really appreciate it because I think that people like y'all and y'all's position who provide this platform for us to look like somebody and look cool. Mm -hmm. People think it's, you know, it's because of them and it's not because of me. You know what I'm saying? That's good. And so I just really appreciate the opportunity because you could could have anybody, you know what I'm saying? And thank you for letting me be on here with y'all. Absolutely. Thanks, JB.
1: Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Studio Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. For links to the resources mentioned in today's episode, or for more information on how we can help you run and grow a better business, see the show notes of this episode. We'll see you again next time for another episode with an inspiring entrepreneur who has been in your shoes.